Psalm 122 said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And uh, that's certainly uh, something that, that I think we're experiencing these days. You know, David uh, wrote all these psalms. He wrote the, um, the hymn book of the Old Testament church, if you will, and uh, was constantly a part of worship and thinking about worship. And yet he would say, every time, I'm just glad when they say to me, it's church time. Uh, time to get together. So those of you listening through the internet, it's good to be in the body of Christ, in uh, the uh, the church, to go into the house of the Lord. Uh, just again, as Randy said, just look forward to that day when uh, we're together, unrestricted, that day's coming. Uh, we'll, we'll get there safely, but uh, we're working on that. Uh, also, let me add my voice to say um, happy Father's Day uh, to all that, and then also to recognize that the happy part of Father's Day isn't always happy for everybody. Uh, and we need to remember that. There, there are some people who are grieving uh, because of uh, uh, various things in their lives. Sometimes it, it might be the loss of their father. It might be regrets about a father who should have been but wasn't, a father who was absent but should have been there. Uh, and, and as we look at the Scripture in just a few moments, we'll be looking at the Lord's Prayer, and, and Jesus said, when you pray, I want you to say, Our Father, and yet uh, there are some believers who have trouble thinking of God as Father because their earthly father was not a great experience. Now, their earthly father may have been abusive. Uh, he may have been judgmental. He may have been angry and wrathful. Um, you know, all these things are are a part of the mix of the human condition. And, and maybe you've known people like that who've said, well, yeah, I can really get in touch with the idea of Jesus loves me, this I know. I, that, that's really cool. But when you ask me to pray to Father and to say, Father, God is my Father, I, I really have trouble with that because when I think of the word Father, it brings up a lot of things that are very negative and very hurtful in my life. And, and we understand that. Um, I'd simply remind you that we did not send the word Father from earth to heaven. But God sent the word Father from heaven to earth. And that those who really fulfill the role of fathers are those who know the Heavenly Father and make manifest who He is. So um, I you know, understand and, and, and just grieve with you if, if that's your experience but, about your earthly father. But understand, God defines what a real father is. And so ultimately, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are set free by the grace of God, even to call uh, upon our Father in heaven, letting go the, the injury, the hurt, the pain uh, that we may have had here. So I just, I just give that to you. I just want to, uh, to recognize uh, that we are um, you know, sort of treading on, on what can be a tender territory for some people. And uh, with that in mind, then let's turn to the Scripture. This again will be found in Luke chapter 11. Uh, as you know, we are uh, looking at the Lord's Prayer. Uh, we've spent two weeks on it so far, and this is week three, and we're to word one uh, in Luke's Gospel. Luke, Luke gives us the shorter version of the Lord's Prayer. Luke gives us the version um, maybe that he just taught very succinctly and very briefly and quickly to his disciples. In Matthew's Gospel, we have a little bit longer version. Instead of just saying, Father, hallowed be thy name, for example, it says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, it, it, it says, you know, as if Jesus sort of added little 
bit of explanation when he was teaching the crowds. And uh, that, that sort of explanation and, and fleshing out what he meant uh, shows up in the Gospel of Matthew. But I wanted for us to use uh, the Gospel of Luke first because we don't read it that often. And, and the other part is it's so stark that it sort of uh, gets our attention a lot more quickly. So uh, we start in uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 1 again. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Jesus taught his disciples uh, when they prayed to turn to God and say, Father. Now, we're in the midst of a Western tradition, if you will, a Christian tradition. It's uh, the, the presence and the impact of Judeo-Christian thought is sort of fading in our society. And uh, the more it fades, the more problems we have, it seems. But um, uh, but still, if you ask most people and say, well, is God Father? They say, oh, of course God is Father. Everybody knows that God is Father. Everybody knows that God is Father. And what I want to tell you is, nobody knows that God is Father. Because when we use that word Father, we're thinking too small. And when we use that word Father and apply it to God, we're just not understanding and grasping the, the large scope of what Jesus taught. See, when Jesus said, uh, think of God as your father. He was challenging people to pray in a way that they did not normally pray, to think of God in a way they did not normally think of him. Uh, in the Old Testament, in Micah, for example, God said, he said, look, um, a father deserves honor. And so if, if I'm a father, where's my honor? And then he said, if I'm a master, where's my fear and my respect? Um, but nowhere in the, in, in, we just don't get the the, the sort of direct kind of teaching in the Old Testament, and certainly not in other religions, to think of God as Father. It, it, it comes straight from the teaching of Jesus. Islam is not big on God as Father. In fact, if you, if you read the Koran, um, and if you can't sleep, you know, that is a good thing to read. <laughs> but, but, uh, but if you read the Koran, in there it, it says, you know, uh, say not that God is Father because it is beyond Allah to beget anyone, to give birth to anyone. You know, absolutely not. God is not Father. Uh, so it's not part of the Islamic tradition. Um, it's weakly a part, very, W-E-A-K-L-Y. It, it, it's sort of, you know, in a weak sense, it's, it's a part of the Jewish tradition. Certainly the religions of India, Hinduism, does not uh, think of their gods as fathers uh, to them. Um, Buddhism hardly believes in God at all. Shintoism is all about your ancestors, not about God. Um, and, and, and on and on it goes. In other words, to think of God as Father is uniquely Christian. It is uniquely a teaching of Christ. And so whenever you, you hear anybody, you know, trotting out, well, God is Father of us all, and we're all God's children, under, understand that they are taking a teaching of Christ. And that they're trying to use it for whatever um, purposes. Now there is a sense, and the Bible has a little bit of this, in which God is father of everybody. Because he's creator of everybody. He is the one who, who brings all of life into being. And he is the one who is, 
who is, is superintending all of our existence. And so there's a certain sense in which, yeah, God is the father of everybody. Everybody's sort of a, a, a result of God's fatherhood. Uh, but more specifically, however, those who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, who have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, we know God as Father in a way that others do not and others cannot. And really when the Bible talks about God as Father, it, its main emphasis is that God is Father of the believer. And this is not something that, that we have as an entitlement. This isn't something that, that we can... Uh, say and, and, and pray to God as Father because, hey, I'm here in the universe and God owes it to me. It is rather an act of God's grace that we can pray to Him as Father at all. And we take that for granted. We, we don't really stop and think about what it takes for us to come before God as our Father. You know? in, in, in sort of our, our self-preoccupation and we're so impressed with ourselves, uh, a lot of times we'll have this feeling like we can just waltz into the presence of God anytime and, hey, here I am, aren't you lucky to see me? When in point of fact, to come into the presence of God is to enter into the presence of the creator of the whole universe, the one who is just and mighty, the one who visits his wrath upon sin, the one who cannot abide wrongdoing, and not just the other guys, but the wrongdoing in my own life. To come into the presence of God and to pray to God at all is not something to which we are entitled by right. It is given to us by the new birth that we have in Christ Jesus. So uh, when Jesus says, you know, pray, pray to God as your, your father, um, he's, he's really shaking things up. And we need to understand that we, we can get a little bit more of a flavor of it if, if you have your scripture open uh, great. If not, I'm, I'll read it for you. But just back one page on Luke chapter 10, in verse 21, we get a sense of what, what this is about. It says, In the same hour, he, Jesus, rejoiced in the Holy Spirit, and he said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven. By the way, did anybody pick up on the Trinity at that point? Jesus, in the Spirit, prays to the Father. But he says, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, I thank you that you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Uh, we'll bypass that verse for a moment, but here's where we were headed. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. See, Jesus, in the midst of, of, of praying, He says, you know what's going on here? There's such an intimacy between the Father and the Son in heaven and the eternity of, of the Trinity. There's such an intimacy there that human beings cannot understand it. And we cannot grasp it. And we cannot know it. And then Jesus says something really astounding. He says, and you know, no one knows the Father except the Son. Understand, you know, he knows people are listening to this prayer. The disciples are listening. The religious leaders are, are listening. The, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they're all listening to this prayer. And Jesus says, no one knows the Father but the Son. And you know, if you're, if you're a, a religious type person, you, you say, wait a minute, Jesus... What are you saying? We don't know the Father. 
We're like the chosen people of God. God has spoken to us all the time. He spoke to Abraham. He spoke to the patriarchs. He spoke to Moses and the, and the judges. He, he, he spoke to the prophets. He spoke to King David, for example. God has been talking to us all this time. And you say, we don't know who we're talking to? But, uh, talking to? Now, surely we already know who this God is. And in this verse, Jesus says, no, you don't. You don't really know this, who this God is. You didn't figure him out. You can't comprehend who he is. You don't have words big enough to describe God. You don't have brains large enough to encompass an understanding of God. You can't even get started. God is so infinite and eternal, and we're so finite and time-bound that there's no way we could even get the smallest part of God into our understanding. So Jesus says, no one knows the Father except the Son. And then he has this marvelous word of grace. He says, and anyone to whom the Son reveals him. Jesus shows us who God is. Now, I'm not talking theologically. I mean, a lot of theologians um, of of varying stripes and, 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 and thought patterns you know, we'll think about God and talk about God and come with philosophical ideas about God, and some of it's helpful and, and those kinds of things. But only Jesus the Son knows the Father. And only Jesus the Son can introduce us to his Father. Only Jesus the Son can usher us into the presence of the Father. We simply do not know the Father apart from his Son, Jesus Christ. See, the reason we don't know God it's because of our sin. When God created the, the, the heavens and the earth and he established uh, Adam and Eve, the entirety of the human race, uh, in the garden, and they had a, a warm, conversational relationship with the Father. They, they would speak with God in the cool of the day. They, the Bible indicates to us. But when they sinned, Adam and Eve realized that relationship was broken. And they could not know God with that kind of intimacy anymore. And because of their sin, that relationship was destroyed. See, because of our sin, we cannot know God. Because even if we try to know God, we, we, we do it for our own advantage. You know, I want to know God in my life. Why? So things will go well. So I will be happy. So I might prosper. So I can get stuff. So when I pray, I can affect things and make them happen the way I want them to happen. See, this, this is why we come to God as sinners. But God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us on the cross. When He died on the cross, He took our sins. And sin was put to death, and death was put to death. And because of the cross of Jesus Christ, now we are born again. And we are born again into a relationship with our Father in heaven. And because of Jesus Christ, now we can pray. So when, when you look at the Lord's Prayer, and that's, that's where we're going with this, I want you to start thinking about the Lord's Prayer as a way to just guide you into what God has done and the grace of God and, and who Jesus Christ is. When you see that word Father, understand it, it means, and through the Son we know Him as Father. It's not just a matter of, oh, well, everybody knows this. No, it's only by coming to, to the Father through the Son. It's only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that we can know God as Father. It's the only way that anyone can know God as Father is through Jesus Christ, His Son. 
And so when you come to that word Father and, you, and, and you're praying the Lord's Prayer, not saying it, praying it, remember. And you say, Our Father. You're just going to pause for a moment and just let the magnitude of the grace of God sink into your life of what it means that God allows us to come to Him as our Father in heaven. It's actually an amazing thing when you think about it. It's no small thing. You can't really just rush through it. Our Father, wait a minute, what does that mean? You know, what is going on here? It means His Son, Jesus Christ, died for my sins. And that's the only way I can come to the Father even now. And I want to give you one other aspect of this. Uh, this, this is found in, in uh, the book of Romans. It's in Romans chapter 8, and this is uh, uh, verse 15. Well, let, let's start up at verse 12. This is Romans eight twelve. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, he goes on to, under, uh, to give the foundation for this life in the Spirit. Okay. Verse 14. All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Sons, daughters, children of God. All who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Now understand, the gift of the Holy Spirit is, is, is like the... Um, uh, the, the amazing presence of God in our lives to enable us, empower us, and lead us and guide us so that we might be pleasing to our Father in heaven through the Son. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit was given to you, the dwelling of God within you. That's why all things are possible through Christ, because the Holy Spirit does that. That's why you can dare th- great things in obedience to the will of God, because the Holy Spirit gives you the leadership, gives you the guidance. Gives you the power. It's all the work of the Holy Spirit. When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit had come down upon the uh, on the church, and he and he preached that uh, this was a fulfillment of, of God's prophecy to pour His Spirit out on all mankind, and that He does it through Jesus, a man that God sent. You crucified Him, but God raised Him. And the people said, "What should we do with all this?" And Peter said, "Repent and be baptized in the name of Christ, and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit." The promises for you and for your children. See, that, that, that was the, the understanding. That, that's the biblical teaching of what salvation is. It's coming to the Father through the Son, the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ, and then living in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why, that's why we're, we're so um, um, strong on teaching the, the, the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, because we experience all of God's fullness Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we experience all of who He is in Christ Jesus by faith in Christ. Well, let me continue reading. This is verse 14. He says, All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. That is, the Holy Spirit uh, is the power by which God adopts us into His family. The adoption as sons, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, for the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and so on. See, the Holy Spirit comes in and just excites our hearts to cry out to God, Abba. Now, Abba is a, um, an Aramaic word. Aramaic is uh, sort of a um, development of Hebrew. And Aramaic is the language that was spoken in Palestine in the days of Christ. 
Most people didn't actually speak biblical Hebrew. Uh, they read it in the synagogues and were taught to read it. Uh, the boys were. Um, but uh, the, the language was Aramaic. It's very, very similar uh, to Hebrew. But in um, uh, Aramaic, if you wanted to say father, you would say ab. And if you wanted to say my father, you would say abi. But if you wanted to say daddy, you would say abba. Now, it's not a child's word. Sometimes you hear that. Uh, it's not a child's word. It, it, it's a word that a child would use. You know, did, one of the first words you, you utter, we have papa, they had abba. But it was also a word that an adult would use out of affection for his earthly father. Uh, some of you are familiar with uh, the southern region of the United States, and it's very common down there for a grown man to refer to his father as daddy. My father referred to his father as daddy his whole life. And uh, he was granddaddy, uh, and so forth. Um, so daddy, it, it's, it's a term of endearment and affection and connection. It's a word that a child can use, but it's a word also of mature love and respect with God. And so God sends his Holy Spirit into our hearts, and we cry out, Abba, our, our, our dad. You know, the, 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 the Father in heaven. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit as well. Now, where I'm going with all this is that I want you to understand that that word Father or Abba is all a work of the grace of God. It's all a work of what God has done for us. It is all because of what he's done for us in Jesus Christ. So when, when you look at the Lord's Prayer, and I hope you do this week, you know, just uh, either from, from memory as, you, as you've learned it or open the scriptures either in, in Matthew chapter 6 or here in Luke chapter 11, and you read the Lord's Prayer, make it your own prayer, and just pause and think about that. Our Father, our Abba, the one we know through Christ, because the Holy Spirit is working in our lives. Now, I told you when we started this study of the, um, uh, of the Lord's Prayer that there, were, there are two reasons why I wanted to do this. And one of them is because it, it, uh, uh, the Lord's Prayer really tells us what Jesus taught. If, if you were listening to the teaching of Jesus and someone said, well, summarize it for me, you could recite the Lord's Prayer, and that would pretty much summarize the teachings of Jesus. But you have to stop and think about each phrase and each line of it. Because when you get to that word, Father, there's a whole teaching behind it. And there's a whole saving work of God the Father for us behind that word, Father. So I wanted you to, to understand this is the teaching of Jesus. When you really get behind what, what, what is being said in the Lord's Prayer. But the second reason I want for us to be familiar with the prayer and appreciate it. And, and maybe incorporate it even into our prayer life. Is that when you do, it will change who you are. Because when you pray, Our Father, it's very hard to be a rebellious child any longer. When you pray, Our Father, it's, it's hard to believe that He's abandoned you anymore. When you pray, Our Father, it's very, very difficult to uh, look at your life as just a matter of happenstance as opposed to being directed by the love and the providence of God in your life. See, when you, when you understand what Jesus is teaching when he said, I, I want you to pray like this. I want your prayer life to reflect this teaching of Abba, Father. 
I want, I want you to be praying in the power of the Holy Spirit that brings you to the Father's throne. When you start to understand that, then you really start to uh, think about prayer in a different way. Suddenly, it's, it's more about God than it is about you. And your prayer suddenly is more about giving God honor, praise, and glory, and obedience than it is about getting stuff you want out of prayer. See, it'll radically transform who you are. Transform how you pray. But the greatest transformation comes from this word, Father. And I would just bring it to you. I know many of you, and I know you're believers, but I would just just challenge you, and especially the folks listening. Um, We don't know who's listening, but whoever it is. But is God your Father? Not in a generic sense, a general sense, but is He your Father because you know the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit? Have you come to know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior? Have you confessed your sins before the throne of God's grace? Have you accepted Christ into your heart to be Lord and Master of your life? Have you been made alive by the shed blood of Jesus? Because all that's wrapped up when you say to God, Our Father, My Father, My Abba. All that's wrapped in there together. And so when you pray the Lord's Prayer, it's really a challenge. If you're not a believer, it's a challenge very much to you that you would come to know Him because His grace is real. His Spirit is powerful. The the blood, it just cleanses us from all sin. And when you come to know Him, then you can truly pray, Our Father. Let's bow together in prayer. Father, how thankful we are indeed that you have overcome our sin and overcome our rebellion, that you have uh, just gone past our sinfulness to bring us into your righteousness. So precious Father, I would pray that we would continue in the walk of faith. Your Holy Spirit would continue to guide us. Father, that we would just have a greater sense of who you are, your righteousness, your holiness. Because indeed, We just rejoice to call you our Father in heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 